Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of that favorite hebdomadal podcast of yours. And oh, I'm glad you're with me. I'd get slapped with a diagnosis of blepharophimosis if you narrowed the conversation to the idea that you missed this week's show. Future of Fundraising. Our 22 NTC coverage resumes as Adam Garoni shares his experience growing the individual donor base and driving transformational change at Starlight Children's Foundation. On Tony's Take Two, my silver jubilee. We're sponsored by Turn Two Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn hyphen two dot co. And by Fourth Dimension Technologies, IT Infra in a Box, the affordable tech solution for nonprofits. Tony.ma slash 4D. Just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Here is Future of Fundraising. Welcome back to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio coverage of 22 NTC, the 2022 Nonprofit Technology Conference. The coverage continues with Adam Garoni. He is CEO of Starlight Children's Foundation. Adam, welcome to Nonprofit Radio. Thanks for having me, Tony. Glad to be here. My pleasure, My pleasure as well. Your session topic is the future of fundraising. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we're going to be talking about growing your individual donor base, making a, making a transition, and uh, you've got some transformational change going on at Starlight as well. Yeah, my, my sort of expertise and um, in the not-for-profit space is in peer-to-peer fundraising and individual uh, donor engagement, and and central to all that is um, um, storytelling and, and brand. And uh, that all started back in uh, 2003, 2004. Uh, I was one of the co-founders of Movember uh, and the CEO of the Movember Foundation up until 2016. And um, you know, started, created that organization from nothing. And, uh, the Movember Foundation has raised over $1.5 billion all through peer to peer, um, fundraising. And, um, so each year that that campaign raises over a hundred million dollars. Um, so that, you know, that's what got me started and, and feel qualified to say I am, um, have a certain expertise in, um, brand building. And individual donor and fundraising engagement in the um, not-for-profit sector, which I, I bring to to Starlight. All right, all right. Um, so I think your your wisdom is going to not only help folks that are m- making this transition, but folks who are already engaged in individual fundraising. You've probably got some ideas that uh, can help them build their build engagement, build their individual donor base. Um, as well as the folks who may need to transition from grants, maybe corporate giving, mm-hmm. and into in, into individual giving, which which I kind of describe as getting to the next level. That I get that question a lot. How do we get to the next level? Yeah, yeah, and um, it was it was one of the things that really attracted me to the opportunity to um, join Starlight Children's Foundation, which was three years ago now, as CEO. Um, 
the revenue profile of the organization was um, it's probably 85%, maybe even higher, um, corporate partners. Yeah. And the individual giving piece was really non-existent. And Starlight um, and related to that is the brand recognition of Starlight. Um, the vast majority of people um, outside of, you know, the children's hospital networks that we serve have never heard of Starlight. And I always say, and if you think about all the big charities um, and with large individual donor bases and uh, it's directly linked to their brand awareness and understanding. Um, and they I'm go. Sure I'm, I'm sure in, in part you think about like a place like St. Jude's. Yeah, yeah. So that that St. Jude, Make-A-Wish are both household names. and. Right. And so their revenues and individual engagement is proportional to, to that. Um, and yeah, so f- for me, when I think about individual giving and fundraising, central to that is, um, the brand, the customer experience, and then storytelling. Um, really, you know, thoughtful storytelling and, but it's you know that that's central to it. That's where it starts. But what what you as an organization need to understand is who are you targeting? Who who are your target markets? And 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 so many organizations don't truly understand who are they targeting. And knowing those people um, in in a lot of detail, mm. knowing who you compete against. So in in Starlight's world, we do compete against St Jude. We do compete against Make a Wish. We compete against the big name children's hospitals all across the country. And so then it's figuring out what differentiates us and why would someone give to Starlight versus St. Jude or, or Make-A-Wish. And we've spent a lot of time on all that, on who are we targeting, um, you know, what's central to our story. So the things that differentiate Starlight um, is the tangibility of our programs. So you can see and touch and feel our programs. We've got a virtual reality program that's being used in clinical applications. So instead of sedating a child where they need to have a, uh, a dressing for a burn changed, they're immersed in our virtual reality goggles with curated content on it. So they're suddenly exploring oh, an underwater world. Um, right. And so that's just one example of our programs. Um, so, People know exactly where their money is going in terms of the programs, but then we can be, we can direct our programs to be hyper local and, and to the local children's hospital. So, mm-hmm. um, St. Jude can't do that. I mean, they're, they're one or a, a network of a few hospitals. So, um, and if you donate to St. Jude, it goes into a huge, huge bucket that funds research and the hospital operation. So, so the the lesson for listeners, you know, our listeners are small and mid-sized nonprofits, mm-hmm. is you know uh, to identify what distinguishes you yes. from your competition. Identify your competition, what yep. distinguishes you, uh, and this all goes to brand. You mentioned brand, customer experience, and storytelling. Yeah, this goes into your your brand identity, right? Mm-hmm. How you how you uh, how you talk about yourself, how you look, how you talk about yourself. Yeah, and and you know when I talk about brand, for me, the brand is all encompassing. It's mm-hmm. for sure it's your logo and your fonts and your color palette and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's yeah. very, very old school thinking. Um, yeah. 
for me, it's your visual identity. It's the pictures that you're putting on social media, your video storytelling and, and the customer experience. So what, what, you know, what happens when someone visits one of your social media channels? What happens when they come to, um, to your website, which is ultimately where you want to direct people for the most part, depending on the campaign and, and what you're doing. But for the most part, your, your website in the digital world is absolutely central to, you know, individual donor or fundraising engagement. So what happens there? What's your conversion rates? What's the story that's being told there? And how does that relate to, the story that inspired someone to come to the website in the first place. So it's that full funnel thinking that that's critically important. And, you know, brand consistency for me is, is everything. And, you know, it, it, particularly in our today where we get exposed to so much content and we stay on that content for milliseconds in some cases, yeah. like how do you get someone to stop scrolling in social media? What's that opening you know, one or two seconds in a video. What's what's the image that's going to stop someone? And go, hang on. What's the, what's this? You know, image of a, a child in hospital with one of Starlight gowns with a Disney princess on it. What? And what's all that about? That creates that intrigue and and hopefully engagement. How do you start to grow an individual donor base? So let, let's take a again smaller mid sized shop that that is exclusively or largely corporate funded or or the revenue is uh, largely uh, foundation or maybe you know government fee for services could be that you know how do you start to transition from that again get to the next level into into individual giving how, how do you start to identify those individuals let's start with that part yeah you know, who, who that, you, who that, to be targeting yeah and that, that's um that's a really good question. And I've, I've done this multiple times and, you know, I did okay. it at the start with Movember and we, and we started with nothing, nothing. Right. Um, and I'm doing it again with Starlight. The difference there is it's, you know, now a 40 year old organization, brand awareness, almost non-existent, um, a lot of amazing corporate partners. Um, so it, where, where I started in, in both cases is it comes back to who are we targeting? And, and it could be, different segments uh, in different target audiences, depending on what you're asking someone to do, whether it's to fundraise, whether it's to donate. Um, but I, and, and spending time and, and, you know, honing in on exactly who you're targeting. And um, then it, it comes back to that, the crafting the story, what makes you different, what makes you stand out, what's going to inspire someone to support your organization versus someone else who's a sort of a, a close competitor, if you like. Um, and then it's how are you reaching them and, you know, the distribution channel. So one example at Starlight is um, we've got two two of our core programs are in gaming. So we've got our virtual reality goggles and then we've got a very long-standing partnership with Nintendo and we take the you know, latest um, Switch, if you like, and, and work with Nintendo to, um, you know, make that, operable in a, in a hospital setting. So two of our core programs were in gaming and it's like, okay, why aren't we in the gaming streaming space? It's time for a break. Turn to communications, media relations, and thought leadership. They go together. Turn to has the media relationships to make you a thought leader where they don't have a relationship. They know how to get one started and how to grow it. 
like with the leading state or local news outlet in your area. That means you get your message out when you need to be heard, like when your state legislature cuts a critical budget item or expands a budget item, if that can still happen anymore. I'm not sure. Media relations and thought leadership. Turn to communications. Your story is their mission. Turn-to.co. Now back to future of fundraising. You're looking at what you're doing and who's going to be allied with that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we, so three years ago, we, we, you know, said, right, let's target the streaming gaming, gaming community. And within that community, we target people that um, played Nintendo games. And for us, the pitch was, hey, you can fundraise by playing and streaming Nintendo and you'll get to place a Starlight Nintendo gaming station in your local children's hospital. So it created this really nice virtuous circle for, for that group of people. And that started to work. But, you know, whether it's at Movember or at Starlight, the I always say it, it starts with... It, 30 people can you get 30 people that are streaming fundraising for you can you get 30 people that are you know growing mustaches for november mm. can you get 30 monthly donors and it doesn't sound much at all but if you can't get 30 you're never going to get 300 you're never going to get 3000 you're never going to get you know 300,000 people doing that um so that, that's what it for us, particularly in using that streaming example. But what we also found when we got in there was there's there was a whole cooking uh, community in the streaming world. There was musicians and there was crafting as well. So Starlight always also has one of our programs is we reinvented hospital gowns for kids. So as adults, we know how uncomfortable and horrible hospital gowns are. So we reinvented hospital gowns for kids and they double wrap around, they do up from the side, pajama-like soft material. And then we partner with the likes of Disney to put Star Wars characters on them or princesses or superheroes on them. So that we focused on our hospital gowns in the crafting community. And we also noted that there wasn't any other. So there's another, there's another community you, you approached the crafting yes. home, home craft, like crafts, yeah, crafts, like, folks, people who, yeah. who do cruel work and, and uh, whatever uh, st- stitching and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that type of, that type of crafts. Yeah, yeah. We, right. You know, one of our streamers, big streamers, is Quilt Tony, and she quilts. And um, so, there were also no other charities really focused on those sub communities within the streaming space. So we didn't have a particular unique thing in the the cooking community, other than we showed that community a lot of love as a charity, um, and they wanted to support Starlight and help sick kids in their local children's hospitals. So my whole point here is, you know, figuring out what makes you as an organisation different and who is likely to engage in your organisation, identifying who they are. And the other big piece is no matter how you or or what medium you connect with those people that you're targeting, Mm -hmm. there has to be a really authentic outreach and um, as personalised as as possible. 
um, to, especially to when you're, especially when you're getting started. I mean, you, yeah. you, you suggest, you know, start with 30 people, right? That mm-hmm. seems, that seems doable. Right. Let's not, let's not try to get 300,000. Let's start with, let's start with 30 people. Yep. You can do, you can send 30 personal emails or some other kind of personal outreach. If you know, if you know some of the folks, you can pick up the phone and talk to right. some of those 30, you know, depending, depending on your relationship with them, but certainly 30 personal emails or 30 direct messages on, mm-hmm. you know, through LinkedIn or something. I mean, that's eminently doable if you're, if you're, if you're committed to, to, to this work. Right. And, and, you know, to convert 30, you're probably going to have to go out to 300. Um, okay. but, but, right. True but, right. Right. but, but that's absolutely doable. One, one person could do that in a week um, in, in a, in a highly personalized way. And mm-hmm. the other thing that we spent a lot of time on at Starlight, and we did this at, at November as well, was, you know, just the personal connections, saying thank you um, to someone that made a donation or fundraise for the organization. And, you know, I do personalized videos for the streamers. We all do handwritten cards and we go out of our way to, to say thank you. You know, I jump into fundraising streams all the time and say thank you and engage in some banter with with the streamers. And, um, you know, as, as CEO of a, a charity, I'd, I bet there's not too many other CEOs of charities out there doing that. Um, but it, it, that's what it takes. It's, you know, everyone, there's a really great base level now um, of stewardship and technology that underpins all this. So it's like, how do you differentiate yourself above where that bar is now? I love the idea of personalized videos and handwritten notes. Uh, I use them both in in my business. I do planned giving, fundraising, consulting, right? Uh, and I use both personalized video. I even give, give it a shout out to the to the platform that I use, and I'll ask you, Adam, which one you use. Uh, I use a service called Bonjoro, and I right. I love it's simple. You you use like a forty five second video, a minute video. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so you know there it stands out because nobody else is doing it. And handwritten right. notes, same thing. Yeah, nobody. I'm such an advocate of those because nobody is doing them. Right, so and it's it, it takes time. It, it takes time out of my it day. Um, but but it's, it's simple, and 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 again, it needs to be personalized. It can't be just a generic, you know, hey, Chef Steve, you know, thanks. It's like. Chef Steve, thank you so much for raising $5,500. That means we're going to place a gaming station in, you know, Houston um, right. because that's where right. he's located. So, um, but the the response to that, I mean, what do we get in the mail now? <laughs> like junk mail and, and, and bills, that's it, you know, for the most part. Um, so, to get a, you know, nice handwritten card, again, personalized is, um, you know, sets set you apart and, and it works. It's time for a break. Fourth Dimension Technologies. Business continuity. In case of emergency, break glass. Then what? As part of 4D's IT infra in a box, they'll work with you to develop your incident response plan. Like who disseminates the tech info? How does IT security change? What hardware and software changes are needed? What changes IT-wise in the office and remotely? All crisis questions. Business continuity is part of the IT buffet, so you can take it or leave it. 
but I did have a client that was hit with a ransomware attack last year. And it was about two months before their IT was back to even just semi-normal. It was a lot of disruption. Fourth dimension technologies for business continuity. Tony.ma slash 4D, just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Let's return, shall we, to future of fundraising. Do you use a service for your uh, your personalized videos or do you have something in-house? Proprietary? No, we, I just in-house, um, but okay. I'll, I'll check. What was it? Bonjoro. Oh, Bonjoro. B-O-N-J-O-R-O. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, in fact, you you sound like you're Australian. Are you I Australian? Am. Yes. The CEO is uh, is in Australia. All oh, right. Okay. I think, I, I think he's in Sydney. Huh. Uh, I've I've corresponded with him a few times. From, I guess he was first. He was on the show, and that's how I learned about his service. And I've right. been using his service to to thank thank folks who joined my courses. Uh, you can use it to thank donors. Bonjoro. It's very very good. I will definitely um, check that out. Simple, simple too. So giving them, giving them a, a, a well-deserved shout out. Um, all right. So, so we've talked about, you know, getting this initial cadre of folks and, and thinking about what's special about your organization, what, you know, sort of what the messaging is to these folks. Did, did you, was there more you wanted to say about how to, how to approach your, your, your initial cadre of individuals? Well, yeah, I think it's again, you like know, what channels. Yeah, um, it's identifying who you're um, trying to reach, and then it's how you're going to reach them. You know, what, what's your what's your channel strategy, um, and f- for each of the target markets, and um, and I, you know, w- when we think about storytelling and stuff like that, a lot of people and organisations start with the story and. Because that's fun. It's like, you know, a, a small video production and, and, you know, creating that story arc and getting people and talent. And that's, that's all sort of Hollywood light fun stuff. But the, the, the art of storytelling is key. But what's more important is the distribution strategy. And oftentimes that becomes a complete afterthought and people spend all this time and energy and money on crafting a story, put it up on their social media channels and nothing really happens. And it's like, of course, that's, you know, you know what's going to happen if the only distribution of this content is on your owned social channels. So it's really thinking as much about the distribution strategy as about what the content is. And doing that, doing that first. It's also, what are you asking your target market to do? Are you asking them to fundraise? Are you asking them to donate? Is that donate once or monthly? Uh, join your mailing list or, you know, join in some sort of a petition or something else. Um, and then also thinking beyond that, it's like, okay, we get someone in, they've um, engaged on the website. What journey are we going to take them on over the course of, um, their time with us. It's like, okay, they donated once and it was, you know, $80. Okay, what's the next ask going to be to them and what's the timing of that? And is it going to be able to make another, you know, $100 donation um, in six months' time or is it to try to convert them to become a monthly donor? And then into your world, Tony, it's like you think about the lifetime of a donor, it's like, and then into planned giving. 
and if someone has capacity, um, a major gift as well. So I think it's it's looking you know at that that complete sort of life cycle of a donor, um, but the channel strategy is is absolutely key, um, and you know, brand consistency is really important, uh, but. There's always going to be nuances. When we communicate in Discord to streamers, it's different to how we communicate in Instagram or in, you know, email and stuff like that. And that, that's fine. As long as the umbrella, you know, look, feel, tone of the brand is, is consistent. Um, that, that is, that is key. Talk some about the, the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Again, you you identified three things like brand, customer. Well, no, no you know what? Before the storytelling, the, the more about the customer experience. You, yeah. You're sort of alluding to it now. You know what we what you were just talking about. Say more about being intentional about your customer experience. I mean, your customers could be peer to peer fundraisers. They could be outright donors. They might be volunteers. Mm-hmm. How to be intentional about that? Those experiences. Yeah, and in the majority of cases, you're going to be driving, you know, those people back to your website, and and generally it's back to your homepage. So you, you know, we think about every word, every image, every pixel on that homepage because it needs to serve multiple purposes. Because we don't necessarily, we can't in real time adapt the homepage, you know, to a potential f- fundraiser to a potential donor. So. That homepage needs to work hard to serve, you know, your multiple people that are coming there with with different purposes. Um, so, and that's where that consistency of message in the various channels needs to be there because ultimately they're coming back to, for the most part, you know, the homepage. Sure, in some cases, depending on the medium, you can direct people easily to a specific page um, for them to do the call to action. But we you know, we spent a lot of time on, okay, you know, there's a top of the funnel piece for everyone around building your brand awareness, inspiring people to engage in the organization, and then they come to the website. Now, what's equally as important is when they hit that website, where are they going? What are they doing? Are they engaging in the message? And, and ultimately, are we converting them? And for us at Starlight, it's converting them as someone signing up to be part of our, you know, email database, a donor or a fundraiser um, or, or they buy something in our, our gift shop. So that's that's what we consider converted. Um, and then depending how they convert, that's where the, the different um, customer journeys come into play as to where we take them over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone doesn't convert, you know, we then chase them around the, the <laughs> internet and retarget them and try and bring them back in. But everything that we do is measured we look at the data, we look at the returns that we're getting, um, and we're constantly, constantly iterating on, you know, what's the optimal image? What's the optimal message? Um, you know, is it hospitalized kids? Is it sick kids? Is it seriously ill children? And th- they all make a difference. And actually for us, sick kids works best. Um, so, but it's, you know, continually testing messages, images um, around, you know, what what has the greatest impact in terms of converting people. So it's a a constant, um, you know, constant art. And, you know, at the heart of all that is is storytelling. And um, 
you know, I think about storytelling all the time. And it, for me, there's sort of two major motivators as to why someone would engage in a charity. There's the extrinsic motivators and then intrinsic motivators. And at November, we were all about the extrinsic motivators in that. And, and actually, a lot of event-based peer-to-peer fundraising is. It's like, hey, I'm going to grow a moustache or I'm going to do a half marathon for this charity. You know, um, I'm going to do it with my friends, my colleagues, and be part of this group. So it's it's far more external motivators as to why you're supporting a particular cause. Um, and the cause sits behind the reason why you're doing a half marathon or growing a moustache. Um, and that works brilliantly at, at Movember. Um, and in part because we're at Movember, we're funding three very different and very complex disease states, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and then mental health and suicide prevention for men and boys. Um, that's a mouthful in itself, let alone saying what we're doing to impact that. Whereas at Starlight, um, we focus very much on the intrinsic motivators of helping a, a sick kid and delivering happiness uh, and, and transforming moments for them in a hospital. And so we don't need a fundraising gimmick. And, you know, I always get asked, because I'm the Movember guy, I always get asked, it's like, well, we need a Movember. Adam, I need you to create a Movember campaign for us. And it's like, wait, you know, you, the, the, I mean, there was some magic. There was just some random timing and beers on a Sunday afternoon involved with creating Movember. And you can't replicate that, that that stuff just happens. It's like the ice bucket challenge. And, you know, that that was created also by people outside of the yeah. not-for-profit yeah. space. It was just by random, some, right? By some donors do it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and at Starlight, it was like, we don't need that. We, we've got, we're helping sick kids. If we get the right storytelling around these kids and we're delivering happiness and our, our programs, you can see them, the impact's real, and you can see the the impact because it's immediate. The kids are laughing and smiling and being kids in hospital, no matter what they're going through. So that that became the heart of our storytelling and really focused on those intrinsic motivators as to why someone would support Starlight versus creating some sort of a fundraising, you know, gimmick or campaign or or event. It's time for Tony's Take Two. It's my silver jubilee in planned giving. I started planned giving in 1997 when I own a college in, in New Rochelle, New York, hired me to be their first director of planned giving. And then in 2003, I moved into consulting, but 25 years, um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel sufficient to call this my 25th anniversary. So I'm going with 25th Jubilee. I hope you will uh, indulge me in my Jubilee celebration. And, you know, I'll be talking about this on and off for, for I don't know, a couple months or so. Uh, just my sort of reflections on 25 years. Um, the Jubilee. Uh, you know, it's humbling that folks have trusted me with their planned giving fundraising for all these years. Um, grateful to the mm, colleagues, mentors, friends, 
um, folks who follow me, uh, you know, all of whom have helped me learn and grow. So grateful. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, those are my initial thoughts around the 25th Jubilee, Silver Jubilee, if you will. Yeah, I'll uh, revisit this from time to time. But for now, that is Tony's take two. We've got Buku. I love the Buku. You got to love the Buku. Buku, buttloads more time for Future of Fundraising with Adam Garoni. How about some of the, um, well, you, you, some of the, the storytelling, I mean, you said it, you, it, you're very intentional. There's a lot of testing. You've made the point a few times that the, the website and really the homepage, that sounds like a hub for you. And then there are other places people can go. They, you mentioned Discord. I'm sure that, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram, obviously all the, all the other big sites. But you, you consider the, you still consider the website and, and the homepage sounds like to be a hub of yeah. a, a hub where you want, you, you're, that's where you're trying to enter folks. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, there's, okay. there's parts of the website that get very little traffic, but are absolutely necessary. Like your, your annual reports page, your financials, who's on our board, all the governance stuff. Absolutely essential. But for, you know, that very small segment of audience that want to do that due diligence around our organization. So those pages are absolutely essential, but it's not much traffic going to them. Um, but there's, you know, there's probably six core pages on our website. Number one is the homepage, and then it's the pages that go off of that, like the the monthly donor page, the individual donor page, um, and and a couple of others. So they're the ones we focused on the most in terms of um, tracking how how well they're performing and can we optimize um, those pages? And you know we can they can always be optimized, but it's it's figuring out what's the right optimization because you can, we can go from seriously ill kids to hospitalized kids and realize there's a fall off. Okay. Okay. We sort of thought intuitively that hospitalized kids might resonate more than we right. tried sick kids and all right, that, that works the best. So it's, you know, the, the other big part of all this is just creating a culture of sort of innovation where, you know, let's try stuff. Let's try different messaging um, imagery, videography, and, and bigger stuff, um, uh, you know, around this and see what works and just look at the data. And, you know, sometimes I become and some of the team members become emotionally attached to a particular concept or idea and want it to work and read the data <laughs> so that it's positive where it's like, no, 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 step back. And, you know, it's for us that we celebrate and acknowledge the wins, but also the stuff that doesn't work because that's, Equally, if not more important, because you iterate off of the stuff that that doesn't work. So there has um, to be a, a willingness to fail. Yes, yeah, and and celebrate that. <clears throat> and but it was like, and it's it's hard to create that because as, as humans, and particularly in a workplace, we don't want to see stuff that we put up not work. Um, and making it okay, but it's like, okay, how do we try something and? minimize the downside um, and minimize the investment to, you know, create something. And it's like, you know, in the agile world, it's the minimal viable product. But, um, you know, how do you do that? But, yeah, minimize the consequences if it doesn't work and get enough data to know that, yeah, is this 
you know, a positive or a, or a neutral or a negative thing in terms of engagement or conversion or whatever you're looking to do. I think the sort of going back a little bit around channels and stuff, the, the way we build Movember and, and certainly what we're leveraging at Starlight is our corporate partners. So as a charity and, and Starlight's a, a mid-sized charity, um, you, you can only ever spend so much on your own advertising just to, to keep your cost ratios in check. Um, but creating joint stories with your corporate partners uh, and having them amplify it through their channels. And, you know, our major partner is Disney um, and Nintendo and Major League Baseball. Um, having those partners amplify our stories is going to have significantly more reach than anything that we could ever do on our own. Um, and that's, you know, at November, it was a different corporate partner set, but, you know, partnered with Gillette and all the male grooming companies. And instead of them talking about the, you know, the third blade on a razor, they talked about a, you know, cause marketing initiative with, with Movember and it sold a lot more razors and it helped build our brand. Um, so there was that, that win-win and that's what we also look for. It's like, okay, yeah, Disney hasn't done a lot of the storytelling with, with Starlight traditionally. Um, but now we are, we're starting to do that. We're starting, you know, we just launched a, a princess Disney princess themed hospital gown set. Yeah. Um, And, and so that's a great story for them and us to tell jointly. Um, So leveraging, uh, well, I get being intentional about who you're partnering with and then, and in that intentionality, you're looking for um, partners that have, that have outreach that you don't have. Mm-hmm. In terms of size, maybe in, in terms of community, introducing you to and and if this is not you know for for listeners if this is not uh, Disney, Nintendo, and Gillette, it might be uh, uh, something much more local. Um, yes, it might be a um, might be a chamber of commerce. Uh, it might be a local company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be a statewide organization or or yep. uh, entity that way. So you know it's it's not all. It's not all, you know, Fortune 500 companies by any means. No, but yeah, I, I you know, and, and again, in November, we would partner with the, the you know, the local bars and cafes mm. and the baristas would grow mustaches. Now, yeah. that a barista or a, a, a someone serving a bar, they, they see hundreds of people a day. And, you know, so they would have those conversations with 100 people. So, yes, right. you're right. It, it's, it's at every level. Um, and you know, at, at November, we didn't get Gillette out the gate. We went to the local barber shops and got the barbers on board in the local barber shop. And, and that's, you know, that grassroots outreach is so critically important. Um, but you know, what it does is it creates its own momentum and, and, you know, it's a similar thing with Starlight. We, you know, we were grinding away, outreaching to streamers in the streaming community and that one-on-one outreach and and now we we you know engaging with some corporate partners that are interested in engaging streamers or are in the streaming community but be it hardware or peripherals or whatever it is we're now partnering with them because we we had built our own community within the streaming community and then we pitched some corporate partners that also want to 
target them and go, okay, let's come together. You you provide prizing in cash to help incent our streamers um, with dollar matching and, and prizing when they reach thresholds. That's great for them because they're talking about a cause and a charitable partnership in the streaming community instead of, you know, their, you know, next iteration of their gaming chair or something like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, it, it all starts with, you know, that gra- grassroots, you're right, grassroots outreach. I mean, I was grassroots. lucky at Starlight. Yeah. You've mentioned data uh, several times, the, the, the metrics that, uh, that you know, you, you've got to be deep in metrics around your website, um, folks, folks who leave, why, you know, uh, I, I, I don't, instead of me trying to guess, you know, why don't you explain for us what, 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 are, what are the important metrics for you? Um, I think uh, we, we track, I think it's about 45 core metrics. Um, and, well, the, the, they're the metrics that we report to the board on. Um, there's, there's probably... There's, there's probably hundreds, and and also you. I'm always conscious of not, you know, overdoing it as well. But you know, in it, it really depends on the specific area, and and we've really tried to create a culture around, you know, looking, you know, identifying what data is important for a particular initiative. So, as an example, we tried a new um, donor page with a a new vendor, and I'm not going to mention vendors. Um, So I said, okay, when we introduce these new donor pages compared to what we're using at the moment, what are the key things we need to be measuring? And it's like, what's the conversion rate? So out of 100 people hitting that page, how many actually convert as a donor? And compared to the current, and what's the average donation amount? Does it go up or down? So the theory was with this new vendor, we would convert more people and the average donor donation would go up <clears throat> compared to what we were using. So what actually happened was the conversion rate dropped quite dramatically, but the average donation went up marginally. So when you map that out, it's like, okay, this is not a good decision. Mm. Um, so... And we're still persisting with that because we go, we've got to make this experiment apples for apples to make sure. So we're still finessing it, but the data is showing us that we thought this new vendor and this new donor page would be better in terms of converting more people and increasing the average donation amount, but it's actually not translating that way. Um, So that's just one example, but in everything we do, we go, okay, how are we going to measure the success of this? Um, what are the key metrics? Is you know, is the data there for us to be able to measure that? Because um, it, it, you know, it's interesting. Another one, and I debate this with our board. They're going, okay, we we need to be out there measuring the prompted and unprompted awareness of Starlight and uh, in the general public. And my point, and you know, that's going to cost money to start with. And ultimately, that's a survey of a few hundred people, maybe. 500 people somewhere across the US. And I was just going to them at Starlight's brand awareness is at a point where it's it's largely non-existent. The way I would much prefer to measure that brand awareness is really the bottom of the funnel. How many, how many, what's our web traffic? 
and what's the percentage of that web traffic that we're converting? Because it's like, sure, we could drive a whole bunch of people to the website, but if they're not relevant, they're not going to convert relevant in terms of who we're trying to target. And so for me, they're, they're also metrics that are, we have and are, are free to us versus, you know, doing, doing surveys. Um, so, um, so that's, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's, you pick a channel or a particular thing, there's different metrics that we, that we, we measure. Overall, the the data is important. Uh, you, you want to make your decisions based on, uh, based on what's actually happening, not what you, uh, intuited would happen or not what you'd like to see happen. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's actually happening with folks coming through your site, folks converting, uh, how, you know, et cetera, how much time they're spending on your site, where they're going. You want to be very thoughtful about the metrics, uh, the metrics that you're, you're, you're basing your decisions on. And you made the point too, but not to go overboard as well. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And ultimately there needs to be sort of a, a gut feeling to try something. It's like, you know, that oftentimes there's not data to support something new and you can debate it internally. Um, and the other part of our culture that, that we try to instill is like, let's just try stuff. And, and again, let's, let's do it on a small scale, minimize any potential downside, but let's just continue to try stuff and never stop trying different things to see what, what works and what doesn't. That's perfect. And yeah. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Adam Garoni, CEO, Starlight Children's Foundation. Adam, thank you very much. Thanks thank you, sharing. Tony. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for being with Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio coverage of 22NTC. Next week, service design with Janice Chan which is also from the 2022 Nonprofit Technology Conference. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you, find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. And by Fourth Dimension Technologies, IT Infra in a Box, the affordable tech solution for nonprofits. Tony.ma slash 4D, just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out. And be great.